monkey. I think it would monkey. Be, I think it would be very funny to You have egg. shown me monkey. 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 Mm. Mm. <laughs> did you guys watch those I did. videos that I posted? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I did. Were was, they in the chat? Yeah. Well, in, the, in, the, uh, in the podcast in, chat. Oh, in the podcast chat. I check that even more rarely because I'm never on well, there because like I don't have to be. Once a week. Right. Because James will read it and tell me what it said. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Typically how it goes. Uh, or if there's a video worth watching, he'll say, hey, did you see that? And I'm like, no, I was in class and I just looked and saw that you were complaining. Imagine, okay, so imagine the um, episodes that we've been watching recently of Attack on Titan and how you'd expect it to go with the monkey meme from Kung Fu Panda. Cartoon. I see. That that would make sense. It's still pretty good, though. Oh, of course. That was a good, that was a good spoiler evasion. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think at the time we had only just watched those few episodes, so I understood what the clips were from, but we are, um, part you, way. You've made it a chunk into season four. I saw. Yep. Yes. We, it was the last night. No, two nights ago we were, no, it was mm-hmm. yesterday we watched it. Yeah, it was last night. So. You're in the, in the oh crap episodes right now. Indeed. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Okay. This, There's this some, took a turn. I did not see this going this direction at all neither did and I. this changes everything and i had the big, big again sad. Mm-hmm. you had a big big sad. i had a big big sad we'll talk about that when we talk about the show mm-hmm. but honestly i think they're putting that big big sad to good use for the the sake of the characters and the setting and stuff mm-hmm. so they're actually are. doing a really good job yeah. of it anyway i mean if if um it wouldn't be attack on titan if a major character didn't die at some point right yeah Although they went a couple seasons where I'm like, are you sure you're not dead? You, you just got blown up. Anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Nobody has come back besides Aaron since the beginning. That Spoilers! I well, it's like season one. Episode three, but yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't know that by now, it's like you don't The show is, to it. came out like first six years ago, just about. I believe that, the first iteration, first season of the show came out 2014. Oh, okay. So almost so eight years It's been years out ago. nearly eight years. So if you haven't gotten around to it by now. So that's a, they average a season every two years. I don't care. Yeah, they do. But now is a good time to get into it because. Because it's all there. Yeah. Almost. It will be by the time you get to that point. Right. Mm. If you're just starting it now. Yup. So uh, good things are happening there. Um. What else has gone on? Uh, what, what else? I mean, we went home for a weekend we for did. different reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, similar reasons. Well, both to see our family, and of course, we also got to visit our mutual niece. And yep, was. that was fun. Um, all I got to, we had all of the nieces and nephews on in my family together on Saturday, so that was a lot of fun. Um, for like the first time, if I understand. Yeah, this. I don't think. Um, Zaley, I don't think the nephews had met her before, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and also, Lou hadn't met Zaley yet either, so that was that was pretty fun. She's like, she's like a little over six months old now, so she kind of knows what's going on a little bit. So she she thought that the baby was pretty cool. So that was that was fun. The other baby, I should say. Um, 
so yeah, that was it was pretty fun. And uh, a couple, um, well, Ryan wasn't able to make it because he's still recovering from foot surgery. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the vast majority of the family was together. And so the occasion was to uh, a birthday party for my mom. So good, good times. It was a fun weekend. Not fun driving to or from Detroit Lakes. Yeah, because... there was some bad visibility with the the snow and the blowing yeah. around. Well, on Saturday when I drove out, it had ice rained on like Thursday night, which turned into cold, very cold and wind. So it was just ice everywhere, nasty ice. That was so, also the uh, Super Bowl Sunday you drove back. Yep, yep. We we both drove back because i had school tomorrow the next day yeah the superb owl it was uh it was a game it was quite a game it was rather entertaining to watch i was like a little sad that the Bengals lost they were kind of the underdog team of sorts but for once it was a team it was a game where i was like you know i don't really mind if either of these teams win mm-hmm. i have no investment both, both of them the deserve it yeah and i am just more than glad that matthew stafford finally got a super yes. bowl yes he, the, the instant he leaves Detroit. Yep. He goes like and wins the Super Bowl. That season. Um, <laughs> and it's ends Tom tr- Brady's career. Yeah. Some people are like, I don't know, he might come back. It's like, dude, just be done. Nobody is You're going 44. to surpass what he's done. You have to go out on top. Yeah. If you had that kind of money and that kind of success and could retire whenever you wanted to, why wouldn't you just retire? Especially because like, you still have kids that are in, you know, youngish and so you'd be able to spend time with them like most people would kill for that sort of opportunity so um dude just be done <laughs> for sure it was it was funny because like the like um it was like sources say tom brady's gonna retire and he's like oh wait a second i didn't say that yet and then a week later he actually retires it's like okay just why didn't you just when everybody was like you know saying happy retirement why didn't you just roll with it but whatever it is what it is you don't oh. tell me when I retire. I tell me when I retire. <laughs> and I'm retiring Tom Brady, now. Tom, Not because you said so. But. But. Because I want to. Because I'm Tom freaking Brady. Um, the, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of sports icon people are retiring. I believe Sean White, the Olympic um, snowboarder. This is his last mm-hmm. Olympics. Professional downhill goer? Yeah. Uh, trickster, in fact, <laughs> professional redheaded trickster. <laughs> of course, Isn't retirement. That all of the redheadeds. What's that? Isn't that all of the redheadeds? Yes, and his retirement will mean nothing because gingers have no souls. <laughs> uh, there is no uh, reward for him in rest. <laughs> he started at the top, but it was all downhill from there. <laughs> yep. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I know. He went he went square and got rid of his uh flowing mane. Yeah, that was like maybe he was starting to get was some gray in there. That's that might have been part of it. Yeah, you, you gotta drag keep the snowboarder snowboarder dude hair. Mm-hmm. It's just iconic. Wear helmets. Let's see who else is retired. Um I don't follow baseball outside of the twins too closely, but I saw there was a few players that John, retired. Um, do you like baseball? <laughs> hey kid. <laughs> I'm a computer. Uh, um, we should do our April Fool's Day episode on the G.I. Joe. PSA Dub. It's not an April Fool's episode if we go announcing what we're going to do for April Fool's. Here's the thing. We just continue announcing random things for April Fool's 
And then when we get there, nobody's going to know what to expect. Mm. And we'll probably forget to do an April Fool's episode anyway. If you, if you, like we did last year. Yeah. Despite joking we were about it about several doing times. And but that was the joke. No episode came. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Yeah. But they were all of them deceived. Uh, what did you guys... Another to. episode was made. Did you, What did you guys make of the Rings of Power trailer? I didn't see haven't watched that it. one yet. Wanted to not get mad. See, I don't... There's nothing to really be mad about, per se. It's just... It kind of... The feeling I got... I'm sure the production value and everything is people put their heart and souls into it or whatever. It's a big budget production. I'm just like, what's with this Kirkland brand Lord of the Rings I'm looking at here? That's just the vibe I got. Amazon. Amazon is what that is about. Your prime Ah. delivery Lord of the Rings universe. Your... your It makes sense that they recast characters because of the you know age of the actors they're old yeah um and people made or i don't know if there was an actual controversy or people trying to make a controversy about you know people of different um uh, ethnicities and so forth playing elves and dwarves or it's like i don't really care about that Uh, what i care about is them inventing characters (laughs) which Which there are plenty can do in right, Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, which I'm suspicious about <laughs> because there's already plenty of characters whose stories you could tell. Why are you making up more? That's my that's my beef about it. But <clears throat> again, I'm just I'm going to try and watch the show. I think with an open mind, but not expect to be impressed. I haven't seen yes. the trailer yet. I saw that it existed and didn't watch it yet. Mm-hmm. I did, however, see new Doctor Strange trailer and heard. Um, uh, Sir, well, Charles Xavier's voice. Oh, I was uh, gonna, I was gonna say man. Sir Topham Hat, but that'd Sir be the Patrick wild multiverse. Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. Ah, uh, yes. I heard his voice. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but okay. <laughs> There's only one person that can be. Yep. It's not like they would tease an actor and then recast it's, him as it's somebody. It's the multiverse of madness. Psych this is Trek. the time. <laughs> Nobody this is saw the that time coming. to rope in X Men characters. This is like the way they can without not making sense at this point. See, I kind of, I think I personally think the MCU is past the point where X Men would be helpful or useful. Yeah, but I think it would be funny if. Um, so you know how in the nineties, uh, Rogue of the X Men was like ridiculously strong and could fly around because she she wasn't later and she wasn't before but like during the 90s that was her thing mm-hmm. because there was a um she was working with like mystique or whatever in her gang and she absorbed the powers of miss marvel carol danvers oh boy and i'm like you know what i think it would be kind of funny to see the character they're trying to hype up and overpower get knocked down a peg and maybe that might turn her into an interesting character mm-hmm. a little bit <laughs> Besides fighting with Thanos and suddenly being weak for no reason. Um. Anyway, we're not going to get back into. Uh, no, no. Not, I not really hope day. we get a um, Sir Ian McKellen to show up as Magneto. As Magneto, Although and I've... Gandalf the Grey in the same movie. Yes, because why not? Well, it's a multiverse. Wait, how do you know about Gandalf? <laughs> I met him. Honestly, I'm 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 a little bit surprised they didn't go with the um. The younger actors from the first class and uh, Days of Future Past movies, but at the same time, they don't command the same amount of respect and nostalgia as uh, the original actors do. Because so, yeah, they were from the from the I mean, early beginning. They were, they were the okay X-Men. for the movies they were written in, and it was just 
they're kind of mediocre movies. X-Men is kind of a classic case of the actors being way better than the scripts they were exactly. given. The only one time like the actor matched the script was the the two Wolverine movies that exist. Mm-hmm. There was no Origins movie. What are you talking there about? There are only two. No more. They didn't no completely less. ruin both Wolverine and Daredevil. Or, uh, well, Daredevil. The, ba- the Bat. Daredevil the... had already. Ba- Batflack had already ruined that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Deadpool. He had a different D name and also wore all red. Yep. <laughs> so, there's that. So, there's that. Speaking of D names and wearing all red. Um, we're the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, no, none there, there is a D name. There is a reddish character. Yeah, more like yellowish, orange. Or, anyway, um, there, uh, we're talking. It's a D- philosophical today. In a world where one man will decide whether to pull a lever and kill one man, or not pull a lever and allow five people to die, find out in. Philosophical. So we're talking about Finding Nemo. So I will need assistance and not just constantly quoting the movie, but then again, (laughs) I I will. will So if we quote the movie all the way through, we'll just we'll just have a two-hour-long synopsis. But you know, it'll it'll be fun. We'll just be a. It will be a, a complete. Uh, treatment of the plot material. That's I don't true. see any sticks in here to bonk you. There's a sword in the wall. There's oh, also okay. a saw behind me. Those so if you get too off track, rather um, extreme. watch yourself. <laughs> we can always edit it down. That's true. At any rate, um, so yeah, Finding Nemo, uh, I believe it came out in 2004. I was, yeah, I was six. So would that be 2004? Just keep going. I'll look it up. Um. Anyhow, so... We open the movie. It's the coral reef somewhere in the Pacific like the Great Ocean. Barrier reef. Somewhere in that, yeah. Um, somewhere in the Pacific Ocean, and you have a clownfish couple who have just two thousand three. Okay, that makes. Oh yeah, I was six. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, math checks out. Mm, yeah, it, it checks out. Um, so they've somehow fish bought their first fish home in an anemone with a. a Brilliant view of the great big wide ocean and not far away from a cool neighborhood with all the sorts of fish. So you have marlin and coral. Um, marlin, uh, they're, they're talking about, you know, how happy they are about their house and plans for the future and, you know. And all their eggs, every, everything because clownfish have several eggs at a time. Yeah, well, in this case, they have like four hundred something eggs. So there's there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're trying to figure out what what to name their kids. <laughs> I'm gonna name this half Marlin Junior and this half Coral Junior. Okay, we we're done. And then his uh, Coral's like, I like Nemo. He's like Nemo. Okay, we'll name one Nemo, but I want the rest to be Marlin Junior. <laughs> so while they're while they're you know thinking about the future that is suddenly snapped away from them in the jaws of a barracuda who emerges from the deep ocean and um, f- um, a coral fails to return to the safety of the anemone which you know they have stinging nettles on, or they have stingers on them akin to a jellyfish and uh, so but the clownfish are immune to that because of the coating on their skills on that but anyway so 
Coral, instead of retreating to the anemone, decides to try to protect the eggs, which is impossible. So the Barracuda knocks out Marlin and he goes out cold and wakes up who knows how long later. And he looks, there's no coral and there's only one scratched up egg that's still around. So he's lost basically the almost his whole family. So he's like, all right, I promise I'll never let anything happen to you. I'm going to name you Nemo. You know, something along those lines. So years later, or um, however long it takes, however long, yeah, fish fi- several develop. fish years later, there's uh, Nemo is ready for his first day of school and he's, you know, rushing Marlin out of bed. So Nemo, because of the Barracuda attack and, you know, slight damage to his egg, he has, he's fairly normal young fish, but he has one gimpy smaller fin that makes it difficult for him to swim on his own. So, Anyway, he's all excited for his first day of school, and his dad is reluctant, very reluctantly allowing him out into the world. Um, because, you know, having lost all his family, they've moved to a different part of the reef where they're surrounded by other anemones, and no, no wide open ocean in sight. Um, so he's reluctantly um, bringing Nemo to fish school. <laughs> um, all the time, you know, stopping him for fish traffic and warning him about different dangerous things and nemo of course is just up and at him wanting to get out and experience the world Pure unbridled kid energy yep and he's feeling a little bridled by marlin but mm-hmm. uh so they get to fish school marlin meets the other fish dads and start to talk and he's tries to tell they tr- make him try to tell a joke because he's a clownfish get it and he's not very good at it um so he, nemo he goes off to- the first day of school is a field trip to like the drop off into the ocean, o- open ocean. Mm-hmm. Which... And which Marlin wasn't aware of. And we found out, we find out that he had actually held Nemo back in school for a while because he was so reluctant to let him, you know, go out and explore and be exposed to potential danger. So Marlin is irate that they have decided to go to the drop off. So he chases after the school taught by Mr. Ray. And uh, when they get there, you know, Mr. Ray is giving lessons. Everything's cool. And Nemo's like, ooh, what's this drop-off thing with a couple of the other fish friends he's made? And they see this strange thing floating near the surface of the open water, which they believe to be called a butt. Um, So that joke plays out. Yes. Um, Marlin discovers them sitting on the edge of the – or swimming on the edge of the drop-off and thinks that they're already planning on going out there. So he – harshly comes down on nemo and is like you were you you were about to go into the open water like how how could you do this we're going home right now and nemo you know his resentment about being you know having his dad be a helicopter payment uh, parent uh, payment what a uh, helicopter pa- uh, parent finally boils over and they have an argument and so while Marlin's distracted with the teacher asking what's going on, Nemo decides to defy his dad and go touch the boat. Um, upon trying to swim back to the boat, a diver emerges and um, swipes Nemo in a little net and swims off. And another diver takes a picture of Marlin blinding him so he's unable to rescue Nemo. Not like he would have really been able to do anything about it. So Nemo is gone, and Marlin has tries to chase after the boat, but quickly loses it because it goes pretty fast. So while wandering around 
searching for Nemo, he encounters this blue tang fish named Dory, um, who starts tagging along with him. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally know where the boat went. But Marlin quickly discovers that she's very forgetful. She has short-term memory loss. Uh, so, you know, this you can already tell it's going to be fun. But before he can swim off and try to continue the search on his own, they meet a great white shark. And I'm Spruce. <laughs> um, so he's like, why don't you Your guys... name not Bruce. Yep. He's like, why don't you come to a little get-together I'm having? You mean like a party? Yeah, right, a party. And so turns he, out this get-together is basically Alcoholics Anonymous for sharks. Yep. Trying to, uh, and they're uh, like an old sunken fish. submarine from World War II surrounded by mines or whatever. So a very dangerous place, very beyond Marlin's comfort zone. But yeah, these are these are sharks who have sworn off eating fish and they're having a meeting to, you know, like it's a, a support, support group. group. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they, by chance discover a diving mask which marlin recognizes from uh from the, the diver. diver it's somehow been knocked overboard by accident on the boat so he's like wait a minute there's some sort of weird markings on the back i wonder if somebody can read this so so dory's like oh maybe the sharks can help and he's like no don't trust the sharks so they fight over it dory gets a fish equivalent of a bloody nose and sharks they, you know, they seem to have some good self-control, but uh, pure shark instinct kicks in when they get catch a whiff of the blood. So There's Bruce goes crazy. Yeah, the they have a chase, whole chase sequence, and the during inst- which um, they Ma- discover that Dory, Dory can, can in read fact read somehow, um, somehow for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they manage to escape from the sharks after they accidentally detonate all of these sea mines sitting around the submarine. They lose the mask in the process, but Dor- but he, Dor- um, Marlon was like, so wait, what, what was written on the mask? He's like, oh, it's P. Sherman, 42 all be way Sydney. <gasps> I remembered something. So she keeps repeating it to herself over and over again so she doesn't forget. So they start making their way out further into the oceans trying to find somebody who can help them figure find out where this place is. Meanwhile, Nemo has been taken back to the diver's place which is a dentist's office the guy the the diver was a, was a dentist and he has a fish tank in his office so he deposits nemo with a bunch of other fish you have um i don't really know the names of some of these fishes but you have um gill who's sort of the ringleader you have um peach the starfish you Ooh, have just watches the outside world clinging to the side of the uh, tank mm-hmm. um just a couple other just characters yeah they're they're all hanging out in this fish tank and they're they've been trying to escape forever. Because um, Gil's the only one who's actually seen the ocean. The other ones are bred in captivity and then sold on the internet. Mm-hmm. But so, Gil was the only other like reef catch that the uh, the the dentist had. So mm-hmm. he's like, I, I gotta get me a taste of the ocean again. He's got scars on him from you know the very escape escape attempts he, attempts he has made in the past. Um. So he and Nemo. Judging, you know, because they were, they both came from the ocean, start to form a bond, and and also have a bad fin. He's like, ah, it's never stopped me. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they start hit, uh, hatching a plan to try to escape from the fish tank yet again, because Nemo is small, and in order to clog up the purification sk- uh, system in the tank to make the dentist clean it and take them out so they can make a harebrained escape, uh, they need Nemo because he's small. So he. Gets into the thing, clogs it up, but the plan goes wrong and he almost gets sucked into the mechanism and killed. 
And so the other fish managed to rescue him. But uh, it sort of traumatizes everyone, and Gil realizes, oh, wait, I've been manipulating and using you, and I'm sorry. So, yeah, I have, I have no right to ask this of you. you, you yeah. Enough. So they, they're they still trying to figure out how to escape. Uh, so Marlin um, and Dory, by the help of a, of a school of fish and some sea turtles, uh, well, Let's back up a bit. So they 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 managed to figure out where P. Sherman Forty Wallaby Way is, Sydney is. They have to go to the, the um, East Australia Current will take them right past there. They get directions to go yep. like through this great big trench in the ocean, which looks scary. But don't go over it. He tells uh, the Dory. fish tells him, yeah, yeah, the the, the fit school of fish to have one collective voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, and this is after a point where Marlon was like, I don't know, you're kind of dragging me down, Doria. Maybe you should leave. And she's pretty upset by that because she's come to like Marlon and he's the only fish that's really stuck with her because she, you know, is forgetful and kind of derpy. Um, but they managed to move so, past that argument. And uh, yeah, Dory catches up to Marlon's like, hey, hey, see this trench? Oh, wow. That's a big, scary trench. Let's go mm-hmm. through it. And he's like, no. No, I'm not going it's through not, that I don't thing. do scary things. She's like, no, 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 no. Something's telling me we should go through this. You should trust me. And he's like, no, come on. No. So they go over it and they quickly find out the reason they were not supposed to go over it was because there is a giant pod of jellyfish that they, um, but Dory manages to come up with a idea to get through the jellyfish without getting stung. And that's to bounce on the tops of the jellyfish because that's not where the stingers are. But things go awry. They both get stung up and get knocked unconscious because of the venom from the stings. And uh, they're picked up by these friendly sea turtles, the surfer sea turtles who ride the East Australian current. So they're like, oh, yeah, we know how to get you to Sydney and teach Marlon a few lessons about being a little more trusting trusting and carefree. And uh, Marlon sees how his distrust has literally scarred dory scarred dory from the jellyfish um so the uh story of marlin looking for nemo because he tells it to these little baby sea turtles or whatever um the story quickly spreads across the ocean which eventually reaches these pelicans who like to sit and talk in the window to the uh to, to the, the fish, fish in the, the fish tank. tank so nemo hears that his dad and another fisher out there looking for him. So he's like, well, now oh. I got to get back in the ocean. Now we got to yep. resume Gil's plan. Yep. So this he, time it works. Yeah, this time it works. And so the fish gets dirty. Or the fish tank gets dirty. Um, and so they're, they're, they're working on the escape plan. One thing that is sort of making the escape a bit more urgent is that um, the dentist has a niece named Darla who he likes to give fish as gifts. However, since she's a little girl and has no idea how to take care of a fish, keeps accidentally killing them. So they're like, okay, we got to get you out of here because you're definitely going to be her gift this year. So, um, yeah, they, they, they work on the escape plan. But instead of cleaning the tank by hand, the dentist gets a fancy-dancy new electric airtight um uh, uh, filter system. Filter system, yeah, to, so they can't get out. Uh, so on the day they arrive, by chance, um, or no, on the on the day that Darla arrives, by chance, the uh, Nigel the Pelican manages to run into uh, Dory and Marlin, who get 
chomped. They got get sucked yeah, up. Yeah, by they a whale. got transported here by a whale. That Dory little, managed to connect there was a minute to. where uh, Marlon learned to trust Dory a little more. You know. Mm-hmm. So they make it to Sydney, and uh, yeah, Nigel picks them up. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to bring you to the dentist's office." And so this is right when he's about to give Nemo to Darla, and Nemo's like, "Wait a minute! All drains lead to the ocean. If I get flushed down the toilet." That means I get to get out to the ocean and escape. So if I pretend to be dead in the bag, the the yep. dentist won't know what else to do with me. Mm-hmm. And Marlin, you know, is in the mouth of the pelican and is like, thinks Nemo is actually dead. So it's like, oh crap. Um, with the help of Gil and the other fish, Nemo does in fact manage to escape through the toilet. But Marlin's like, well, guess we're done. Nemo's dead. I have no reason to do anything anymore. Get out of here, Dory. And Dory, after being, you know, sent away by Marlin manages to meet Nemo who's made it into the harbor. But at so this they, point she's kind of out of it too emotionally and has yep. forgotten everything because she's just kind of regressed in her memory yep. problem. Um, but she manages to remember who Nemo is and they're like, Oh crap, we have to chase after your dad. So they chase after, they chase after Marlin and find him. But a fishing trawler accidentally picks up Nemo, uh, Dory and a bunch of the other fish. And so Nemo's like, we got to help her. Um, and he's like, daddy, God, trust me. I have an idea. Cause there was a thing they did earlier in the movie when the doc, when the dentist was trying to get Nemo out of the tank with a net, yep. every other fish jumped in the net and swam straight down to the bottom to, to rip the net out of his hand, net out of his hands. So Nemo and Marlin tell the other fish about their plan. And so they managed to break the net free from the fishing vessel. But, um, and Marlin, Marlin, you know, chooses to go along with Nemo is like, cause he's learned he can, he can trust now. So, um, they get, Nemo gets beat up a little bit, but he's okay. So they go back to the reef. Um, Marlin and Dory and Nemo are all friends. He's finally going off to school as normal. And Marlin's learned to be a more, um, to be a little more, more trusting and more confident in himself and other people. Yep. And uh, that's and then Nemo has also learned to appreciate and love his dad. So that's because he realizes this whole time he was only trying to protect him, and in fact he went the whole ocean mm-hmm. just to protect him. Yeah, uh, because at first Nemo didn't believe it. He's like, "My dad going in the ocean? He hates the ocean. There's no way." Meeting but... sharks, he fought three sharks. What are you talking about? Yep, <laughs> that's like forty eight hundred teeth. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's that's the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. happily ever after. The second one never happened. What are you talking about? It was merely okay. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Movie. This is a movie we all grew up with. So what are some of the things we like about Finding Nemo? Who starts? <laughs> uh, well, a lot of quotable lines in this film. <laughs> Yes, partially that there are, um, you know, just from watching it so many times growing up. But it's very like the dialogue and the characters are all very colorful and and honestly, a the, lot of good bits. The dialogue is so fun and snappy that I didn't even get all of it until I was an adult. Not mm-hmm. for like, not for like dirty reasons, but, but it's like, just like the complexity. Oh, that's more of the complex joke. than I gave it credit for. That's actually mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> yep. Or like the the I I didn't fully understand the whole um bruce and his gang's uh alcoholics uh, anonymous group yeah for until the fish like, habit. oh oh that's what this is that's funny <laughs> <laughs> who, who thinks of this stuff yeah um the wonderful people at dreamworks or pixar, no, pixar. 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 Who pixar. Did that? Yeah. pixar. yeah pixar dreamworks was the weird will smith shark thing i think 
Oh, yep. Yeah, Shark Tale. Yeah. I also think it's like interesting how uh, very grounded in it in uh, real marine biology the movie is. Yeah. Like the turtles pick them up from the jellyfish because turtles will eat jellyfish to get high. Yep. Yep. And the turtles are kind of like surfer bunch of, bros. A bunch of stoner, stoner surfers, yeah. <laughs> you t- so totally rock, squirt. And like how the loosen up and trust your child um, uh, like advice that Marlon gets comes from, from, from a, sweet, a, a sea turtle. These people bury their eggs on the sand and just trust that their babies are going to pop out and get to the ocean in time. It's like, uh, let's see, you lay your eggs, hatch... Little um, dudes just find themselves back in the big old blue all by themselves. When you know they'll be ready? Well, you never know, but when you know, they'll know. When you know, they'll know, you know? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, like, they kind of teach. The characters are all fun, too. We spend like, a sm- there's a lot of like small set pieces with these different sets of characters, but all the characters are just these fun little episodes. Mm-hmm. And even the, 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 the fish tank characters, like every one of them has their own yeah. little like personality quirk. Like there's the one who's, I think... who believes that her reflection is another fish. Oh, that's it's right. Like, all the fish have like this, uh, it's like you, little uh, mannerism, something that's kind of, you know, the captivity hasn't been kind to them. It's like, apparently uh, fish aren't meant to be in a box kid. It, it does, does stuff things to you. you. <laughs> and then there was the one guy who just like, out the show up. Um, and then you have, uh, Bloat, I think, is the puffer fish. Yep. Who's, you know, he's, he's a puffer fish, so the tank isn't really appropriate for him. <laughs> and then, 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 like, the little cleaner shrimp, who's just constantly... Cleaning. Jacques. <laughs> there, there's the germaphobe who's like, ah, he's been in the ocean, he hasn't been decontaminated. Yeah. Yeah, you have the germaphobe and... Uh, just... All kinds of fun characters. I, I think it's funny because they... All they have to do is stare out into a dentist office. And yep. so they all, they treat, uh, you know, dental work as a spectator sport. It's like, yep. ooh, it's a root canal. That's not going to oh, be pretty. Oh, he's using the shoulder technique. <laughs> they're just <laughs> debating on what uh, what uh, p- uh, tool he should be using and yep. making light commentary on th- this not that good And they're friends dentist. with a pelican who comes and sits in the window <laughs> and the dentist is convinced is trying and to eat his fish. similarly makes commentary on all of the dentist's <laughs> technique. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Uh, so it's interesting too because I believe Gil um, is an angelfish or something like that and I read... Zebrafish? Or zebrafish, something like that but I read that they, like that particular species of fish is actually like does not do well in captivity at all. Sure. So it was like an appropriate choice for Gil so being the one that, who... So that uh, desire to escape into his character really worked. Mm. And Dory is like a blue tang who are sort of flitty, ditzy kind of fish who aren't, you know, don't have a very good memory. Whereas clownfish are like known for hiding in an enemy to protect them. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the characters are designed or are written in a way that's consistent with their mannerisms as actual fish. Mm-hmm. It's I think um, because we were the nerds that watched the uh, special the bonus, features, the, yeah, um, dude, those bonus features were cool. They did. Re- they, they like had a bunch of people from the animation team like, like go at out. How and... much work that went into the lighting in this movie, or yep. the particle effects to make it look like it's light shimmering through the surface of a water, mm-hmm. or getting the weird reflections at the corner of the fish tank right where you would see like yeah. double for a little bit. It's this is. Well, they went. I, th- I believe, for, as part of the research, they went out and did some dives on an actual coral reef to observe mm-hmm. fish and different things like that. So, they did a lot of research, and it really paid off. This and is a like we say every time with uh, with Pixar movies. Every movie is like 
them trying to test and develop a new skill, and then they totally flex it on us. Yeah. And this one, it was very much the lighting, even the way it interacts with the. We're kind of getting into beauty skills. already. Right, well, no, but this is cool. It's a stuff. cool thing. It's yeah, cool that's stuff. true. This is that's we're true. talking about the technology part of it. That's true. Um, yeah, and and like the man, the way they managed to make fish like as like believable cartoon characters, but also behave like in animation as fish do. Um, right? How do you how do you make that is how the fish do? <laughs> it's like how do you animate realistic feeling swimming that also exudes some kind of character? Mm-hmm. Which it very it much does. It, it does. And now everybody knows what an angler fish is. Because Dude, that was of, a great scene. Oh yeah, angler fish. <laughs> just keep it, swimming. It's dark down here. It's like just who touched me? It's like me. Are you my conscience? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm your conscience. <laughs> we haven't talked in a while. I see a light. Hey, conscience. Am I dead? No, no, no. I see it too. <laughs> yeah, just lots of great bits and character dialogue and stuff. The, the part where, um, where there's that school of fish who comes up on, on Dory and Marlin arguing, and they're like, "Is this guy bothering you?" And so they, they try to cheer up. They're doing all these different like choreographed like shapes and different things. <laughs> making fun of marlin it's a pretty good uh sequence um marlin uh, you know dory knows how to speak whale so she right. talks to a whale and- which she successfully communicates to the whale that they want to go to sydney mm-hmm. right and it's because of her they make it to sydney it's just marlin was untrusted and she knows that it's like it's like, oh come on whales don't eat clownfish they eat krill oh look krill <laughs> but the the her confidence and her intuition prove right the whale doesn't eat them because he, whales don't eat fish at least though, that kind uh, of whale even though uh <clears throat> marlin was like we're in the belly of the beast it's we're it's hopeless now i'm not gonna mm-hmm. he, it, it's really great it's pretty it's pretty cool yep um, <laughs> at the end uh marlin does a does a whale call to say thank you and wow enjoys- i wish i speak spoke i could speak whale <laughs> Um, you so totally rock squirt also similar to the um species right dictating character Uh the seagulls oh yeah so funny yep mine 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 mine. because it's like they they only have one mode right Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm looking for food hey i see something that's mine it's mine Yep. Nobody else. Pretty and genius. You, you watch you watch seagulls in the wild, and that's how they behave with their food, and that's how they react. Yeah. And so the word "mine" sounds enough like a a, a seagull call when you say it like that. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I like so how creative. like these these different like sort of throwaway gags and stuff are like they they're they're like kind of in the background, but not in a way where they sort of take over. Because you have the seagulls, and then you have the crabs who are like just playing with bubbles and then every time somebody else walks up to them they're like hey hey this is our sport (laughs) um also (laughs) the pelicans there's uh like um because one 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 pelican mistakenly tries to eat dory and uh and marlin but you know they're like i'm not about to become breakfast until they get lodged in his throat and so there's all these other pelicans who are sitting on a sailboat watching it's like huh looks like uh Looks like this guy had more than you can handle. I should probably go help the guy. And I was just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, don't everyone go flying off at once. <laughs> so, yeah, a, l- a lot of great bits. A lot of just... Because this movie is very much an adventure. Yes. It's like you've got a beginning and then you've got a call to action and then just a lot of little set pieces on their way. To it's the a, point it's where a it hero's becomes... journey. Right, exactly, yeah. 
He had Marlon in his place of comfort, which he's very dependent on comfort and staying safe. After the initial incident scars him in that way. Yep. And he's forced out of that comfort to, you know, ascend to a goal. And uh, you have sort of a Jonah and the whale scenario, you know, he's a fish, whatever. But, you know, he, he has a sort Go and of... prophesy to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> What is what's the fish equivalent of sackcloth and ashes? Oh gosh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Sand and seaweed. Fishing net. Yeah, <laughs> seaweed. To clothe yourselves in seaweed. <laughs> Coat your face in sand. Yep. So, great, great movie. One of the classics, yeah. to be sure. Real fun stuff. I could go on and on. I mean, we we could again we go do, back in to fact, front the entire go movie. on and on. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. What do we do? We swim. So and so, it's it's great. You've got um. I think another thing that um Pixar does is creating a duo of characters to center the movie around that mm-hmm. really contrast in fun ways. Because yeah, Marlon um, and Dory. Marlon, who's like very holding on to the worries of the past, where Dory doesn't. She, she can't. Literally can't remember. So she just moves forward. It's like she's let's very happy and carefree. She can't do anything else. So it's, you've got Marlon who teaches her to care long term about things, and then Dory who teaches him to just kind of go with the flow a little bit mm-hmm. and let things happen. It's like, huh? Nothing. Let not. I I promised I'd never let anything happen to him. It's like, huh? That's funny. I mean, if not, if you never let anything happen to him, then nothing, nothing would ever, ever happen, happen to him. This, uh, that's the paradox of that. <laughs> and then she keeps forgetting Nemo's name throughout the entire movie. Yep. Until the very end, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so by, 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 yeah, towards the end of the movie, like Marlon just sort of casually reminds her, like, it's Nemo. Right. <laughs> He's uh, Go easy on him. He's lost his son, Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Uh, Nemo. Nemo. Uh, so yeah. Any other cool things we want to talk about with Finding Nemo? We could also talk about the uh, the fact that Nemo's name is probably uh, an allusion to the Jules Verne novel Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Twenty. But yeah, some number of leagues good, under the sea. Good literary no reference there. No less. Which literally means means nobody, as the translation of the name Nemo. So. Um, yes. Which is itself an allusion to the. The pseudonym that Odysseus gave to the the Cyclops in the Odyssey. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. Oh, too. Yeah. We're, we're in multiple very much references. An Odyssey. Yep, it is. And, also got the, but the Nemo isn't Nemo isn't nobody. No. Well, and then well, Marlin refusing to let anything happen to Nemo is sort of not allowing him to grow and you know like explore anything. things and and to become become, a, become an individual and establish an identity. Mm-hmm. So that's an important that's an important piece. You gotta, at some point, you gotta face some of the danger in the world. Well, we're uh, we're dipping into other things. But yeah, I suppose we can start. Yeah, talking this about is a, I think that still qualifies as a cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like a lot of the characters' names are like marine-based yep. things, where you got like coral and marlin mm-hmm. and dory. They're they're all like re- ref- referring to like nautical and aquatic things. Yep. Gill. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, oh man, another Jacques. <laughs> Jacques. <laughs> Jacques Cousteau. Well, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I they, don't know what that has to do with a shrimp, but that's, but also it that's sounds vaguely there. French, and he's kind of got he's this, a French shrimp, this, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like he's, he's got a French gourmet accent. personality, being yeah. the cleaner shrimp who just eats the crap off the walls, literally. Yep, that's <laughs> what he does. Because that's apparently gourmet. Yeah. <laughs> to, to him, <laughs> Jacques, no cleaning. I maybe it was like the red and white stripes or something like that. It was. I mean, it was either a combination whatever it is. Of a lot of things that's just like you know what. This has got to be the character. And there, there are fish tank secret society that meets at the, the, the <laughs> fake the volcano in the Mount Wanahokalugi. You must swim through the ring of fire. Which they just turn the bubbles up a little more. <laughs> it's so funny. Bubbles. My bubbles. Uh, good stuff. Great movie. Should we get into the uh, the transcendentals then? Let's, let's. All right, truth. What are uh, what is the what what truth can we find in finding Finding Nemo? People don't flourish when you put them in a box. Yes, be it fish like that's in one way represented by the fish in the tank, but also yep. represents where Nemo is with his helicopter parent. Yep. Where it's what, like, what's the marine equivalent of a helicopter? Um, like a, one of those helicopters with the pontoons. Um, a submersible. I don't know. I don't know. Don't be a submersible parent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. But yeah. But it's interesting that he's kind of pulled out of one tank and into another. Yeah. Where he's very much limited by the his circumstances. You know, his dad is... And at first, well, he kind of... Like, that's a source of resentment for Nemo. He's, you know, he gets into trouble because he's trying to show his dad, I, you know, I'm... I can be an individual. I can go out and do something crazy, um, but ends up getting you know put in a fish tank because of it. But Marlin, being the dad that he is, even though he's forced to overcome his fear of the ocean because the ocean took everything he almost every pretty much everything he's loved. And he was the one that wanted a, a seaside view in his enemy, right? Yep. He used to be an adventure loving, just like living life fish, but yep. uh, having things Tragedy. taken away from him and that that seeing the danger of the ocean firsthand mm-hmm. and scarred him more than it scarred his son, literally. Yep. So he, uh, there, there are some ways too where like, you know, Nemo is sort of the naive son, but he doesn't completely understand like his limitations, which is kind of borne out. He's got the gimpy fin. Like he can't swim very well on his own. But also he learns to kind of work within and push past those limitations, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, uh, stop the um, the filter himself the second time, and then later um, having the idea to save Dory. You mm-hmm. know? And Marlin on his own, like he has to face the ocean, face every, basically all the scariest things because there's jellyfish, there's sharks, there's explosive sea mines, there's you know whales and and pelicans and all these things that you know are deadly to because the ocean is a scary place it can it can do some damage but um he manages to overcome all these obstacles for love of his son and by surviving these obstacles he gains a wisdom yes he learns that by facing certain dangers and by being exposed to the 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 scary things he can better navigate them Mm -hmm. he can better deal with them yeah there is a time and a place and a way to be exposed to the bad things in a way that, you know, allows is healthy. for is healthy and allows for safe navigation of them in the future. Expanding your your boundaries and and work, you know, and 
broadening your horizons, so to speak. And sometimes it it's worth it to trust people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not trusting people gets everybody hurt. Yep. And so it's only when you let go and trust another person that you know you can trust that he is actually able to succeed and save his son. Just keep swimming. Indeed. Because, yeah, that's that's sort of Dory's strength, too, is that even though she's forgetful, she's she's still able to keep going because she's like, well, I just know this. Like, it doesn't matter if I – I mean, I can't remember, but I still make my way through just because I – I just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. If it, and Marlon, through Dory, manages to see that he's just got to keep pushing forward and let go um, while holding on to the things that matter most. And he manages to impress that upon right. Dory. He was slowly able to... She's re- able to remember the things that matter most, and he's able to let go of the things that... Uh, in, in, in his past. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, any other truths... Well, those are the, the three main themes of the main characters, mm-hmm. pretty much. Fish are friends, not food. I think <laughs> we can all agree on that. Uh, it's almost Lent. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> fish. Friendship ended with fish. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Lent is almost here. Got to go fast. Yeah. <laughs> Catholic Sonic be like... Uh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, goodness, goodness, goodness gracious, goodness gracious me. There's Dory there's of- for all of her derpiness and flaw is good. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is. It is desirable in a certain way to be Dory. She to is. very much live in the moment, and you know, have a a sort of forgetfulness for the things that have caused you hurt mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. She even immediately forgets when uh, she is literally hurt by the poor decision of Marlon, right? It's immediate that she, sure, she's still got the scar on from the, from the jellyfish stings, mm-hmm. but she is, she just doesn't remember it. Yeah. She's okay. But through her, but give big relationship with Marlon who she cares about gives her something to hold on to gives her something that uh, um, he kind of gives her in spite of himself um, helps her to remember the things that are the most important which I mean and I, those are the the relationships with the people mm-hmm. that are closest to you with the fish that are closest to you yes yes the, the fish the fish the fish um, fish the fish with apparently rational souls yep <laughs> in, in this universe anthropomorphic interpretation yes fish with rational souls implies fish jesus <laughs> and a fish fall i don't i, I think have, i've discussed the weird off-brand have you seen the off-brand finding jesus cover <laughs> oh my gosh it's such a weird <laughs> show i'm pretty sure we've talked about this before where like a whale is like fish jesus and anyway it's it's a whole thing and then there we was should a, do uh a Pixar theory where every every Pixar film has a Jesus. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> so we go, the car is there's a car pope. There's a car pope, which implies a car Jesus. But we're getting there's away also... from the goodness of Finding <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nemo. So let's get back to that. Marlon, back. for all else? his neuroticism and overprotectiveness, ultimately he loves Nemo yes. and would do anything for him, as like and any does parent would for him. Yes, goes above Just and in beyond. spite of himself. Mm-hmm. Because he could have simply accepted yet another loss and just retreated further into 
himself and into his anemone, the, the, the surroundings that make him feel safe. But that's all he has. Lived all with the grief. Yeah, but he chooses to overcome that and, you know, save his son, basically, mm-hmm. sacrificially. Um, and learn to trust Nemo as well, because every parent needs to sort of be able to do that. And Nemo, through his interactions with Gil and the other tank fish, he, he kind of gains a sense of, uh, like, a confidence mm-hmm. that even even with with my disabilities and perhaps even to some degree because of my smallness and my, mm-hmm. you know, I can, there, there are things I can do. Yep. Um, and, you know, gains a bit more of an appreciation for his dad, which we talked about, but. <laughs> right, because he, he realizes, oh, he is da- braving the dangers of the ocean for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my dad is a good dad who's only ever wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it before because I was a rebellious kid. Yep. Which is the other thing, I mean, I guess more of a true thing, but like if you are overprotective and overbearing on kids, they, they will rebel and it will ultimately yeah. do them. It'll be yeah. worse for them than if you were a little more. Yeah, he was a little oversheltered, so he was, became a little over rebellious. It's not a that, phase That, that kind of happens. Yeah. Um, other elements of goodness we could talk about? I think that's most of it. Yeah, that's most of it. Um, beauty. Obviously, yeah, beautifully animated film. It's uh, a Pixar film. Yeah. It's like... And this is where they were really... Them. I mean, because the first few they'd made were, you know, good for the time, but this is where they were really beginning to hit their stride, where it's just like... Right, the humans are more cartoonish than uncanny. Mm-hmm. The lighting and uh, texture effects are just so, like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're, they're slightly stylized and punched up, but there's also right. a believability to the reef. Yep. Like the colorfulness mm-hmm. of the reef in real life is reflected in this animated feature. Mm-hmm. You know? You got the scales on the fish, the feathers on the birds, and like all these different details and things that just make it, you know, it's and really like cool. The, the the dust specks and the water and the way the light goes through the bubbles. It's like they, mm-hmm. they, they were really flexing their new water lighting technology on this. Yep. One. The voice acting is rather brilliant as well. Well, they um, they cast some really great character actors for this because Willem Dafoe plays Gil. Um, let's see who plays. Marlon? There's Ellen DeGenerefish. Yeah, and she she's fun to listen to. She's she's her delivery is funny. Yep, she plays the character well. Who plays Marlon? Al- Albert Brooks. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, I haven't seen him. In, I don't. I'm not familiar with his work, but it's. But yeah, you have uh, Willem Dafoe in there. He's really good. Um, and then some regulars from uh, from the Pixar world. Wait, Jeffrey Rush is Nigel? Evidently so. Huh. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> Eric Bana. Oh, I think he's like in the background or something. Anyway, cool stuff. Just the yeah every every voice fits the character to a T. Uh, and really well de- delivered, really well, really well directed. Mm-hmm. Score stuff. is great. Oh, yeah, it actually really is. There's a, it's kind of a, a to a lot of the the tracks and the soundtrack. There's a ethereal, floaty quality to it mm-hmm. that you would, you know, get the vibe of being underwater just from listening to it. Yeah. So it does a really good job setting the atmosphere. There aren't a lot of like tracks that like pop out, but when you hear the music, I mean, in the main theme the visuals, is recognizable enough. Yeah, but it's but. mostly when the visuals are in tandem with the music that it's like, oh, 
oh this is cool because mm-hmm. i mean the ocean is pretty pretty wild and pretty cool and so the the way the the music kind of fits each scenario it's okay it's pretty good mm-hmm. was they like alan Silvestri do the score or something i don't know maybe could have been that you were just on IMDb. i know I, I, i'll just i'll just pull it <laughs> oh reopen tab any other the writing very well written the characters are, yes they're fun <laughs> i'm h2o intolerant <laughs> i'm, I'm obnoxious this <laughs> is just see. the part where we quote everything <laughs> yes Actually, no, this entire podcast. Let's get to Unity before we devolve. Yeah. Uh, Come on, who wrote the score? It's fine. I don't need to know. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. Okay. So, Unity, what did the, how do the constituent parts add up to the whole or whatever? Yeah. What is the unifying principle, rather? Yes. I guess. Nemo. I mean, it's called Finding Nemo, and honestly, it's his rela- the father's relationship to Nemo mm-hmm. that is the center. Because he doesn't just find Nemo; he finds everything that is his reason. Like how how he finds how to live through it all. Um, and Nemo finds Nemo. Yeah, you know, and and Marlin finds what finds well, himself. And it's interesting it's, it's too because in how lo- loss can discovery. Yeah, but like through loss, you yet find things about yourself that you didn't know before um you know because marlon loses like his like the majority of his family but is still able to still able to love nemo in his own way through his grief and overcome tremendous obstacles to save him um nemo learns he's actually as kids need to do learns he's capable and able to you know do things on his own dory finds relationship and something and a that place lasts. where she can actually belong yeah people she can belong with mm-hmm. you know um the fish tank fish eventually find freedom in the epilogue kind of kind of they're still in the bags and they don't know what to do about that yep <laughs> um find a nice friendly swordfish <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like the aside when we're, we're watching the story uh permeate through the entire ocean you've got these two swordfishes that are dueling each like, other oh, good fall. <laughs> <laughs> it was wicked dark down there he couldn't see a thing how's it going yeah <laughs> it's like a lobster in the trap they passed by <laughs> there was uh and then you just have the dolphins like telling the story and you can hear like, like as they dive above <laughs> you can hear pieces of it um uh, no unity yeah yeah i mean it's finding 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 it's pretty self-explanatory so uh any other things anything else uh we'd like to bring up we good nope i have about a hundred quotes on standby in the back of my brain yeah for when they the opportunity arises but aside from that no yeah same <laughs> that's so totally rock squirt well uh thanks for listening to the palladium papers you can listen to us on spotify stitcher google podcasts and apple podcasts and leave us a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapis. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiumpapis at gmail.com. And we will find you guys next week. Well, we won't be finding it. That's not how this podcast anyway. Oh, we will Hopefully find you. <laughs> we will find you. And we'll we will you. tell you about movies, books, and TVs, and video games. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. See ya.